We're all working, you know. The longer we, we wait, the longer we wait, I'm going to miss a flight or a rental car or something. Well, you're not going to miss your bags. I know that much. No. Welcome to Show no. Center, everybody. I'm Matt Jolly, your show announcer. Joined, as always, by my two colleagues, Rick Peterson and Rob Ryder, both uh, air show announcers and uh, yeah. concessionaires Hi. and uh, carnies. All concessionaires. Yeah. I am not yeah, a concessionaire. Well, yes, well, yeah, you sure are. are. Yes, sure you are. are. You have sold more. We're selling it. You've sold more funnel cakes than the next guy. I guarantee it. Elephant ears, funnel cakes, yeah, Polish sausage, all the sorts of I good like things like that. I like the lemonade. I'm getting hungry. I allow myself one jalapeno corn dog a year. Just and, one. And, Just and one. What show? What well, show? Whichever one I'm at. It's always the best one food. The, the most interesting show food, I think, was the uh, one. Wings over Houston. People were coming back behind the announcer stand eating what I thought was an entire turkey. <laughs> and it was the turkey drumstick deep fried. <laughs> Oh, and it boy. looked like something out of the Flintstones. Oh yeah! <laughs> it, you put that you put that on the uh, sidebar at the uh, drive-in, and your car is going to flip over, and your bare feet are going to be in the sky. <laughs> it was uh, those things were humongous, and uh, the visual I'll never forget. Uh, and it just come back to me in a horrifying way right now. Is uh, is McLaren down below? And I swear to God, the tent is uh i can't see through the tent but i can see the bone on either oh, side gosh. of this thing that he's gnawing <laughs> chewing away on it thinking that's an all day or right there that's see, that, that is that one was, big turkey leg that was shyak and whitey just for on either side holes just, <laughs> just holding just it up for oh, you oh, oh my goodness air show food Those gotta love it huge. i i'm drinking yeah. my i'm drinking my 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 meal today i made that uh, smoothie you know and i didn't get it quite right but i'm i'm what? getting ready for air show food to come that's what well, color i i gotta There's, know just what color is no, your smoothie my smooth, it's strawberry banana but it's got a whole bunch of green stuff in it so it's kind of so a, it's green it doesn't even look like strawberry it's, it's been there brown. a while yeah. are you telling me it's been there for it's, a couple of weeks yeah I, I made it no no i made it this morning it's pretty good though it's not bad anyway yeah, so so you i can am buy back three of the 10 years you've lost in the way you've been eating the last that's right gotta get go. that corn dog I am drinking my coffee called Stearman Blend. Oh. It's for pilots that fly until the last part stops moving. Kerry uh, uh, Harden and his actually his son Sam uh, Harden down in Mississippi has, has High Point Roasters, and so that's we get our Stearman Blend from them. So that's what and I'm. And you drinking. know that that is remarkably environmentally friendly because they have devised a way to recycle the old motor oil. Yeah, right, right into, into that the, product, right into right the there. coffee. So enjoy that. <laughs> the slow roasted part of it. It's got to be a little oily if it's steaming, you know? Well, the oil comes afterwards. I think you're missing the point. Oh, okay. Let's go there. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so seriously, I want to congratulate Rob because uh, we've all seen the chipmunk video of the chipmunk hitting the tower and flying yes. away. Now there's a video of an RV impacting the ground and flying away. So, it's a rare club to, to fly an aircraft that can take a hit and, yes. and, we, and keep we going. It's not I who was flying that plane. Please, well, that was the understand. rumor Rick and I started last week was <laughs> it's on not. his way out of the show. <laughs> was this Rob in a hurry to get out of there he and was. ahead of the weather? That's right. Uh, it was in Argentina, to be fair about it. I don't even want to discuss it anymore because when you see that something that's stupid, it's just... Uh, Holy smokes. I mean, right, right there in front of the crowd. But uh, anyway, yeah. So 
you know, that airplane of yours, Rob, it's, uh, it's well built. That airplane of mine was, was great all the way out to Langley, <laughs> had significant crosswinds landing at Langley. I bounced once. Uh, no. Did anyone get that on video? I don't think so. Fortunately, so you were. A, it was not eight point five. It was a full nine. Is what you're saying? <laughs> That's right. right. <laughs> Degree of difficulty nine, and the right. grades were two, three, and two. Made a little steerman blend right there on the runway. <laughs> not bad. Now, without any crosswinds or any interference at all, I don't know what's going on with my commercial flying life. But I have yet to lose a bag. I have yet to miss it. I'm not booking connections anymore, so that's out. (laughs) Everything's been pretty much on time, forgivably on time. You know, there's the five-minute, 30-minute kind of thing where, you know, they've got a bag that had to come off, those kinds of things. But uh, it's been good. So now I've just completely jinxed jinxed it all. Exactly. (laughs) There you go. So much much for that. Everybody else is having problems. It's like somehow I've caught up with the cycle, and uh, it's not all all bad for me. Although I will say that the uh, price shock has kicked in now. Oh, yeah. Uh, Pre-COVID, I could get just about everywhere. If you rounded it off after a season, I could get anywhere for a thousand bucks. You know, that was the round off point. And that's international travel for you. I mean, let's. Well, the international flights are cheaper. Let's just stick to North America. When you bring the international flights in, it brings the average down. And you know how that works. But the um, so it was it was twelve twelve hundred dollars last year. And this year, that same ticket is seventeen hundred dollars. Whoa! It's everything. These are economy tickets uh, where you want the refund if you have to bounce around. And there's three, most airlines are offering about three different variations of economy class. And not only that, but the post-COVID point reset with the airlines for your status has all reset. Where the first year after COVID, they they forgave you. They went, okay, if you had 50K status or whatever, you're going to remain that way. Then the next year- They roll over. Yeah, and then the next year, they they kept it as well. They said, okay, we're going to give everyone a second year's grace. Well, this year- Surprise! <laughs> I'm all of a sudden, I'm reset. I've got nothing. I'm boarding in zone six. Yeah, <laughs> you know? There you go. It's just, I'm like, curses. I've started all over again. Let's get right into it now with all of the news from our industry with uh, our very own professional newsman. Professional. Mr. Rick Peterson here with PropWash. <laughs> What's going on in the air show world, Rick? You know, when you say professional, I think for a moment, I think, am I getting paid for this? Hey, yeah. It's just a, yeah, you a are. fleeting thought. <laughs> uh, I'm going to start with the Snowbird glass cockpit because uh, Rob got all excited because it's uh, he, he recognized some of the instruments they've got in there with, uh, yep. I believe it's Garmin. Yep. Uh, and there's some controversy to it as well. Uh, the Snowbird glass cockpit upgrades are, are moving along, and that's part of this whole deal to where they want to keep the airplanes. I think the program was called uh, keep them flying to 2020 or something like that. Now now it's revised to 2030, uh, and they think the jets are going to be around for 2030. I, I'm having a hard time thinking that that's actually going to happen, but that's the plan. And, and as great as it is that they have these new instruments and it's going to help them with their cross countries and things like that, um, there are some that think uh, this money is being spent ahead of the money that's needed for ejection system improvements and things that uh, can save some lives. And uh, I'm, I'm going to look into it a lot more now and do a little bit of digging myself 
And uh, before I make too many more comments about it, I think there's uh, some validity to that side of the argument. And, uh, and we'll take a look at that because, uh, you know, their lives matter, too. Uh, convenience is one thing in the glass cockpits, but uh, we want to make sure that the ejection system is where it ought to be. They, they have the room, apparently, now to put a new system in there. And I'm not going to say much more than that until I look into it more. And then I'll, I'll report back to you on exactly what I think about that. But I thought that was important to get in there. The training is going very well. Uh, this year, the team did get over to Comox, and uh, they've been running uh, the whole formation through uh, everything that they do in the spring training there. And the folks out in BC have been loving it because they see the formation again up and down those beautiful mountains in the background. They get a lot of great uh, photography for the season out of there. So it's all going well. Brett Parker, the new boss, uh, has got the team looking very, very sharp. And uh, I'm looking forward to a season of working with them, although it'll be a somewhat reduced schedule this year. Uh, nothing like the CF-18s, this is very reduced. And then uh, looking at the uh, the U.S. teams, they are just thumping along. The Thunderbirds are well ahead of the curve, I think. I mean, everything from the announcing all the way through to the flying, it is tight, it is precise. And the same thing with the uh, Blue Angels. It's just all come together well and fast this year, and it's just a joy to work with them. They've tweaked uh, the shows uh, they've got a few new maneuvers or changed the order of certain things that make more sense, and uh, it's tightened up a lot, too, and I'm, I'm really, really enjoying that. So that's that's on the jet front. How about, we can't forget the RAF, the Red Arrows there with Adam Cosford, uh, going right over the top there at the uh, at the King's Coronation. How was the that? King's on? Coronation. That was incredible that, that, to watch them. Despite weather, too. The weather was playing havoc with them. Just crazy stuff. And uh, they managed to get, he got into the formation again. He, I think he flew the... Uh, number nine, position nine, whatever it was, because uh, he was raving about that. But we're just so happy that Adam uh, is the uh, commander there now with the uh, with the Red Arrows. And we hope to see them with the European teams uh, in North America next year. Uh, the invites are out there. They're still working out a lot of the, uh, the problems, the logistics and things to get uh, both the Italian team over here, perhaps the French and, uh, and the Red Arrows as well. Uh, to help the Canadian Air Force, the Royal Canadian Air Force, celebrate their centennial. And that will include, because they're over here, perhaps some nearby stops in the U.S. So we'll we'll keep you informed on that as that information becomes available. Great, great and stuff at Wash there. It would be great if they could get one of those teams at Dayton because next year, 2024, will be the 50th anniversary of the Dayton Air Show. There you go. Let's talk about, <laughs> let's talk about some, let's, let's get into this business because we want to talk about this uh, today. Yes. That we want to, we want to talk about recruiting and the potential uh, that is there not only for performer sponsorships, uh, but, but just more importantly uh, for bringing the business uh, back up where it was post COVID. I mean, there's so much that we could be doing uh, to help yeah. our largest it participant, the department of defense, uh, with recruiting, which everybody's talking about right now, the numbers are just, they're abysmal uh, for a lack of a better <laughs> description. Well, and it, it's an interesting thing because coming out of COVID, um, there's been a major reset to military shows that have gone every two years and then changes of command and changes of personnel every two years has always made it difficult. Um, and then add to that now that some of these shows are coming back for the first time after four years of being away. And Five totally and new Langley. people. And th there you go. So it's, there's a big learning curve. And the fans, I think, for the most part, are rolling with some of this. Some of the mistakes are made. 
reparking. I know we had an issue on March on day one that they fixed for day two. You know, they're on it and they're, and they're, and they're a little behind the curve. A lot of the shows are that have gone every two years and then got caught in this cycle during COVID where they didn't go. So there's some forgiveness in that. But the, the bigger thing that's missing in this four years is the online, the precise data that's needed to be able to say to someone, where are your best bet? This is where you need to come to spend your money. This is where you need to be if you want to reach these people for recruiting. And whether it's the military or even the airlines now, civilian recruiting too is, I mean, the jobs can't be filled. A lot of these airlines are canceling some of these flights we're talking about now because they can't get crew or with new airlines coming in, taking crew away. And it's just, it's just slowing everything down. So without that data though, uh, as we come back and, and we see the big numbers, but we haven't got the trending because the four years of absence of trending is important to the decision makers that buy these uh, either sponsorships at the shows or have a reason to send assets to the show like the Air Force or the Navy or the Marines, even the Coast Guard, all of the armed forces and up in Canada as well. There's that absence of data. And yet we know that this is their best bet. You can't. And Matt puts it well, too. Matt, give me give me the um, the zoo well, analogy you, yeah, again, you can, because you can it go works. to a museum and you can see a stuffed lion. But if you go to the zoo and you hear it roar, you understand it. And I and Rob's coming right off of Langley. Uh, this past weekend, and you know, we, while we don't see uh, after the jet teams land or after the civilian performers land, a, you know, a, a line in front of the recruiting stand with people wanting to sign up right there at the show, uh, you ha- we well, we all have stories of people who have stepped over and signed up years and years later. This is a long tale. Years and years later, after seeing a performance at an air show, sitting in a cockpit, having an interaction, we all have these stories. This is not something that you can measure um, with the immediacy. And so when you start talking about, you know, how quickly the, the DOD or the Department of Defense forgets things because of the cycles that you were talking about, yep. when you're every other year leading up to COVID like you've like you've been talking about, that data, I mean, I'd be shocked if anybody had it. What we've, the three of us have been talking about is that it's really up to us uh, within the industry, perhaps, to uh, to help leverage that and to help encourage that because they are the largest player. They are the largest participant, both on the performer side and the producer side. And if we're not helping them fulfill their need uh, to right. have people there, there's certainly no need for us. There's certainly no need for new jets. There's certainly no need for maintaining the old ones. I mean, this is a problem that uh, that is going to be with us uh, for some time. And if we can figure it out or offer a solution, we're in a lot better position uh, than trying yep. to play catch up with a video game or whatever else uh, these folks are going to dream up to uh, to help leverage the recruiting issues. And we have all seen the fact that the the crowds appear to be younger over the over the last couple of years yep. and more families, more kids in strollers and that's that's important that that we continue to reach out and engage younger people to the show. Yeah, and and there's been a significant growth of women uh, that demographic as well. Young young women coming out, and the the opportunities are there for them now, and they know that that message is getting out. But uh, it's it's crucial too at this time and this this swing back after COVID, as we get these big crowds coming back, and and sometimes 
for a show that's not quite standing up straight yet again because they've got all so many new people around with that influx of so many people, a lot of mistakes could be made to where we've got to be careful with that and make sure that they get the best experience while they're there. Right. I mean, that's the equivalent of inviting someone to your house for a party and then treating them badly. Right. And, and sometimes that's happening and our biggest day is usually the first day. So there's an opportunity there where things can get bad to where that may diminish any growth that we have uh, in these first couple of years rebounding from COVID to where, it's going to reset the needle back to maybe some old ways. And that's, you've got to keep pressing forward. I think it's important uh, that the military uh, folks too, that when we're talking about this and recruiting uh, and the, and the fo- folks working in the airline industry as well, where these jobs uh, are ready to be filled, uh, that, that they get uh, their personnel uh, to the ICAST convention, listen to the uh, forums that we have where they can find out more about the customer experience and what's being done uh, to make it sort of fit more that way. And that's the way we can help and the way they can help. And they have to include those things in their budgets. They have to be there. They have to get it. Uh, a lot of them are asking all the right questions. I guess a couple of the military shows I've done uh, this year already in the U.S., they're asking great questions. They could, they get back to you and they, what do you think we should do about this, that, because we're a new team this year and uh, we're trying to get it out there. But it, it could be very overwhelming, especially leading up to the event. Uh, when all those emails start coming in and they start realizing all these people are coming and, uh, and it, it can be quite overwhelming. And, and we know that in the industry and we've got to be careful as we go through this recovery right now that we're getting that right and, and best practices sure. of doing that. I would be willing to bet that we're a seven to 10 year tail uh, as far as our industry goes. Because if you think about reaching, we bookend our audience, right? We have very young people who show up with families and we have very, uh, a, a more senior crowd that, that sort of comes in. Everything in the middle is kind of lost. So we get these young people out there uh, who are making career decisions, who are starting to dream about what they might be. So I would be curious to know what our sweet spot is. Is it five years maybe before we produce someone who says, I'm going to sign up or is it, is it longer? Is it, you know, seven to 10 years? I don't know where that number's at, but that's right. one of those data points that I would see when you're trying to talk about, you know, letting the people see behind the fence and the community that you're serving, um, and then and then filling those recruiting slots. I would think we have um, sort of a multi-prong approach here uh, in helping the DoD as an industry, right? It, it the, would be pretty easy, things. would it? Would it not be fairly simple to be able to go to the pilots who are flying in any of the teams and find out from them? the age at which they were inspired to the time they decided to join the military to the time they became uh, military aviators, you know? Yeah. I mean, if and, we and, had that data point, that'd be great. But I think really what we can track is what we do. Right. And maybe right. it's exit polling. Maybe it's uh, yeah, a, a, a DOD wide survey. I'm sure they're well, doing all of that. I can guarantee you where the answer may be in that is those who ask the question and the agencies involved for the air force, uh, those who you know do buys and the and the, the groups within the Navy and the Marines and any, anyone else, uh, even when it comes to the airlines, uh, and United saw this and and they got very involved in San Francisco in this way, all about recruiting and putting together this new education program they have to fast track pilots into their program, and never mind going anywhere else. Come to us and we'll we'll take care of that. They're looking for those numbers. They're not purchasing anything until they see them and get them. 
So we've got to provide that data to them and it's going to make it easier for them to get on board as sponsors, as people that get it and will send assets. Uh, I mean, when you look at United's investment in San Francisco, they're taking a, an airliner offline for about six hours each day and uh, and building up with a crew a, a routine, a demonstration routine, getting it all okayed with the FAA and then flying it. And that takes yeah. enormous amount of money, fuel, time, and effort. But they're, they, they've got the numbers there. They know what they're dealing with in San Francisco. And they're satisfied with that. And it, and it may expand beyond that. But we've got to be – Matt's absolutely right. The numbers have to be there because these people are not going to make that commitment until they without know. The data. Yeah, and we've been, the data. we've been talking about this now for about a year on this show. But I, I really think if we dig in deep to this, there's, there's money there for performers because these companies – uh, that you already have a relationship with as a performer or as a producer, uh, they're going to start waking up and understanding, especially the larger contractors, that, hey, look, if we don't fix this problem, we're going to be in trouble too because there aren't going to be people uh, who can operate the equipment that we're selling. So I think we're in a sweet spot as an industry to not only help the situation and improve it. I mean, why wouldn't a local car dealership want to come in and provide a parking consultant uh, for this. Or, I mean, there's so many ways to go about it. And all of that stuff's been lost in the wash, right? I mean, when you don't do a show except every two years, and then you go three years with COVID, you forgot that you have to hire a parking consultant. There's somebody out there, right. as Rob and I have seen, and as you've seen at Miramar, exactly. who can make a phone call, and within five minutes, the, the traffic's flowing again. Fix it. Yeah, they, they, they did that in March. Cleaned yeah. up so much stuff, and it also, well, and it also put an end at Miramar to the air show lie there in terms of attendance. Uh, that's and that's another that's another story altogether because they used to claim five hundred thousand people, and the parking consultant said no, three hundred sixty thousand. Yeah, you know. So well, yeah, okay, <laughs> but you no, know, I, I hear what you're saying though. You're absolutely right. And this person is not someone that you call when the problem persists. You call them and they design the layout in and out of your base. And we've seen this. And I'm not picking on one branch. I'm not even going to say it. But we have seen some problems this year that are not. They're they're sad to say it's not unusual to see these types of problems persisting uh, at. DOD air shows and it's terrible right because at the end of the day these are our fans they're fans of of the performers in our industry they're fans of what we do for our living and yes we interface with the DOD but this is really our problem it's our problem as an industry yes that we cannot treat our fans this way perpetually and expect them to keep showing up if they're hot if they're there's not shade if they don't have clean water to drink or a bathroom to go I mean these are basic needs problems, and I, I, I just really hope, I hope we can fix these problems uh, this year and get everything back on track. And I think it's an education issue. I really, really do. It'd be yeah. fun to talk to Kevin Walsh about it because he is actually setting up his show Thunder Over Michigan this year to run two shows, two completely separate shows each day to keep them short so you don't burn people out. Well, and you know, and you get into something interesting too. Some of the spring back after uh, a couple of years is that um, there seems to be a spring back to making the show longer because we've been away a while, and we want to give them, you know, let's start flying at ten in the morning and let's fly until five in the afternoon. And I don't think that's a great showbiz idea. I don't. I don't think that works. Uh, there's uh, pressure on 
your volunteers, there's pressure on your performers, there's pressure on your fans to get there earlier and spend it's just too long a day. Uh, getting back to less is more. Uh, that was all moving along well before we got to the COVID thing. Uh, the teams have seen that now, and they've shortened, especially the Thunderbirds, shortened their show uh, as far as the uh, flying goes. And these things are important, uh, but they seem to be, there's a, a little drawback again now that we're back uh, to where we're building these longer shows again. And it's, uh, well, I don't think it's all that appreciated yeah, by right. the crowd. Yeah, really you got to follow the money, though. you got to follow the money in this. And I guarantee you there, this, is, this comes back to the money. And so if you if you follow the money, you'll figure out probably why there's a longer show being encouraged. And my my read on that, Rick, is you're absolutely right. We've you've got to keep this high touch, high tech. So they come in there, they experience uh, the finest people uh, in our countries. Uh, and I say this uh, as because this is an international show. But when you come to a U.S. base, you know you don't want to see some volunteer. Uh, from off base, you want to see a sailor, you want to see an American airman, you want to meet and and interact with these people, uh, so you have an understanding of what goes on behind that fence that's locked, you know, yeah. for 362 days out of the year that you don't have access to. You want to meet these people and interact with them. So I, I think it's so critical uh, that we get the involvement of these people at these bases because, to me, if you if you lock them away. And you don't have the interaction with the American public, uh, then what are you doing? I mean, how? I, I don't. I don't know if I like that. Where our military is completely removed. If I'm if I'm John Q. Public, and I've never seen behind the fence. I think that's so critical that we have these interaction points. And then when you have a a finely honed you know show there, uh, that's really something. And you're and you're not. It's not like you know. Uh, <laughs> A march back to the parking lot that it's 105 degrees mom's tired days right the kids are crying everybody's Screaming. sunburned yeah you gotta pee there's nowhere to go and you know and then there's you're a exhausted right and then there's a bus line right for two hours whatever it is you know let's treat these people well and let's figure out a way to encourage uh the dod to do that and give them the resources they need i mean i think and we can stay on mission Stay yeah. on mission. That's you. You want a successful weekend for the most part. I mean, they, again, cruising before uh, COVID, there were great gains made on this coming out because of the four year uh, and five year in some cases and longer in some other cases. Uh, there's been that learning curve thing again. And I think the fans are going to be forgiving. And the uh, the less is more is just a golden rule in entertainment. I, we had the uh, banana uh, but, oh, what's the name Savannah of the Savannah Banana. The Savannah, Savannah Banana guy addressed NECAS this year, which was brilliant. And I see in the latest issue of ICAST magazine, the quarterly, uh, they've got uh, they've got the whole team in there. And it's worth the read. We're going to try and get him uh, on with us on uh, uh, perhaps even the next podcast just to talk about the showmanship aspect and how he turned around the game of baseball. I love the rule that two hours... Uh, the baseball game only goes two hours. If it yeah. goes more than two hours, that's it. You're going home. It's over. We declare a winner and a bunch of other rules that they do. But there are things in there. There are lessons to be learned about showbiz that we can apply. And Speaking one of, that, of the, let's shut up and get out of here, right? Well, that's. I was just going to say, <laughs> there's four words for for showbiz that that has they have never changed. Leave them wanting more. And yeah. we're right on the threshold, I think, right now, aren't we? 
Yeah. We are here. We are so here. Look at this big, where is that hook headed? Yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> we got a lot to talk about, and the season is is well underway. It's just getting started. But I I think we should open this up to listeners. We'd love to hear your ideas. You can reach out to exactly. us there and, and let us know what you have. And we'll have you on if you've got a good one uh, that you want to yes. come in and talk about. Yes. Ways to interface, ways to recruit, and, and more importantly, ways to track the data. Right. We, we How many minutes help. over 30 have we gone now? One. We're right at it. Right at the, oh, thank God, because my visual is a pumpkin on the treadmill. He listens to us on the <laughs> treadmill every day. Pumpkin goes past 30 minutes. They're going to have to get the paddles out. It's going gonna, it's gonna to turn ugly at the gym. So we should sign out right there now. There you go. Sorry, pumpkin. Hang in there, buddy. Bye, friends. Bye-bye. I can't so feel my left arm anymore. And stay out. <laughs> <laughs>